the Easy Money Show with Cam Fats. It's powered by EpicConversions.com and the Insiders Club. Welcome to another episode. Hey, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is Cam Jennings, a.k.a. Zero Fats, a.k.a. Cam Fats, coming at you on behalf of EpicConversions.com and the Easy Money Show, coming at you on behalf of the Insiders Club. Hope everybody's doing great out there. Welcome to another edition of the Easy Money Show. Today, we're going to be talking about several things, but the main theme I want to talk about is what is holding you back from accomplishing what you want to accomplish online, from accomplishing your goals in life, from accomplishing all the things that you set out to do but can't seem to get done. That's what we're going to be talking about today. That's kind of the overall theme of the show today, and I want to get into it. So first thing I want to talk about is a little bit of my story, Um, and I've told this several times through interviews and uh, blog posts and uh, talking to people and whatnot, but I I want to go into it here uh, now for you guys. For those of you who don't know my story And I want to kind of talk about it a little bit in hopes that it might inspire you to move forward with what you have to do. Um, It's never easy, you know. I I think that, like, to accomplish your goals, it's always blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, it's always you got to be all in. It's never just halfway. You can never just have, like, one foot in the water and one foot out on land. Um, You can't ride the fence, right? Nobody respects a fence rider. Um, And I think that you see results far faster when you're all in. Um, And that's that's hard. Uh, I'm not criticizing people who aren't all in. I'm not criticizing the people who work nine to five jobs and then try to put like maybe a half hour in every couple days. um, And it's kind of halfway entertainment and halfway um, hobby. Uh, I'm not putting those guys down. There's nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is if you want to see success as an entrepreneur – What I've found is that you generally have to really be obsessed. You have to put put like maximum effort in. You have to put put all the chips on the table, Uh, and that's kind of what I've found. Um, My adventures online started uh, back in it was uh, October of two thousand. 2010 is when all this started for me. I lost my job in October. I think it was around October 2nd, 2010, um, and at the time, I had a girlfriend. I had uh, I had two little kids, and I kind of freaked out a little bit for for a little tiny bit. You know, I, I was I was getting sick at the time. Basically, what happened was I was getting sick. Didn't know why I was getting sick. Uh, didn't understand what was happening exactly. Um, one time, I would think I have the flu. One time I would think I'd have food poisoning. Didn't know. All I know is in um, the summer of 2010, leading into the fall of 2010, I was getting sick quite a bit and I was calling in sick to work uh, quite a bit. So my, my job ended up firing me uh, in early October of 2010. And, you know, when that happened, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of kind of devastated. Uh, but as soon as it happened, um, I just kind of went home and sat down at the table and was trying to figure out what I was going to be doing uh, now, now that that happened. Um, and I decided I would go back to college. Um, I had a couple choices there. I could have 
went and uh, found another job doing the same thing that I was doing. Um, and I could have done that, man. I'd been doing it for a while. I'd, I'd had that job for uh, seven or eight years. I uh, could have done that. But I decided, uh, no, I know where that path goes and I'm not going to do that. And I think the reason was because I wasn't even really that happy with that job to begin with, man. I w- I'd been working there for seven or eight years and I, uh, I was just working there, man. I was just grinding. I was grinding because I felt like it was my duty. Like I needed to make money to support my family and I, I just needed to have a job. It wasn't like, it wasn't necessary that I liked my job. Like where I'm from, the culture is you don't need to like your job. Nobody likes their job. You got you to gotta have a job, though, to support your family. You got to take care of that. Um, I guess a part of me felt like I didn't really deserve to like my job. You know, it, it wasn't something that was necessary. What was necessary was making that money and supporting my family. That's, that's what was necessary. So I don't think if I would have got let go, if I wouldn't have been fired, if I didn't get sick and I didn't get fired, like I, I we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. This wouldn't have happened. I would have kept on grinding, kept on doing the job I hated. Probably every year I would have got a little bit more miserable because I was, you know, spending a good part of my time doing something I did not enjoy at all. Um, but I just felt like it was my duty to do it, you know. And how many of you out there do that? Uh, if you're listening to this right now, give me a thumbs up in the comment section. Let me know in the comment section. Are you out there right now and you work in a job that you do not like? That you don't like a lot, that you're uncomfortable with, but you just kind of deal with it because you're grinding, because you're trying to support your family, you're trying to do the right thing, and you just you just getting through it to get your money. Because uh, if you're out there uh, and you are doing that, I understand where you're coming from. I've been there, um, and I just want to tell you that many times uh, the scenario in your mind uh, is wrong. When you think about what's going to happen if I quit this job and try to do my own thing, you know, the scenario that you're playing out in your mind is probably wrong because we think in worst case scenarios, that's, that's how we are as human beings. You know, we wish for the best, we hope for the best, but we, we don't get away unscathed. We always think in worst case scenarios. I mean, we can be positive. And we can think, well, this is what we, I could be able to do. This is what I'd like to be able to do. But in the back of our mind, we always see the worst case scenario. That's just it's human nature. And, you know, so I know all you out there who are working at jobs uh, you might not necessarily like. Um, I know all you guys got that in the back of your mind, the worst case scenario. And that worst case scenario is what keeps you from quitting your job and trying to, you know, attack your dreams, trying to attack your goals. And I get it. I get it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not telling any of you to go out there and quit your jobs uh, and, and pursue a f- just full-blown, hardcore entrepreneur lifestyle. I'm not telling any of you all to do that. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is uh, you, you got to take chances. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to take risks. And it is scary sometimes. Uh, I've never moved up to another level in entrepreneurship, my online career, without taking a chance, without putting myself in an uncomfortable position. Um, and I'm just, I'm just speaking from experience. I'm not telling any of you guys what to do. Do what you want to do. Um, 
But just understand, generally, to get what you want to get, to achieve the goals you want to achieve, to move to a different place from where you're at, you're probably going to have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. Um, I got lucky in a way. I mean, I was, it was forced upon me. I lost my job. I had no control over that. But I had the control over what kind of choices I made after I lost my job. Um, I made the choice to go back to school to learn business, and it was a scary decision because my mind was in full-blown mode of, man, you're going to put your whole family homeless. Everybody's going to be judging you. They're going to think you're a bum. You know, This ain't going to work. I mean, what are you doing? You just need to get another job and start bringing money back into the household. Um, and it was like that, right? So I had to take a chance and I had to find strength in my mind to believe in my vision. Uh, because the vision was, no, I'm going to go down a different path. I'm going to learn how to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go into business for myself, right? And I didn't know exactly what I was going to go into business for myself on yet, guys. Um, I knew I had f- fiddled around with online stuff, but I didn't. I didn't have any success at it yet, and I didn't know what exactly I was going to be doing. I thought maybe I could make something happen, but I needed to learn some skills. And also, like for a long time, my whole dream had been to be a musician, and that's what I wanted to do was just be a musician. And I thought if I went back to school for uh, business that I could learn how to make money with my music. Because I had been a musician throughout all my 20s and never really made a lot of money. Uh, just played in a lot of bands and was pretty unsuccessful as far as like making actual money with music. Um, so I thought business was the missing element. Mis- business was the key or whatever. So I went back to school to learn business. Um, while I was at school, while I was going to community college, I, uh, I discovered that I could uh, buy my textbooks a lot cheaper on Amazon than I could through the college bookstore. Um, and that was kind of a eureka moment. And then another eureka moment was when I figured out, Hey, if I can buy them on Amazon, then I can probably sell them through Amazon too. And I don't have to pay any money for books that I was, I get all my books for free now because I buy them through Amazon and then I'll sell them, put them back up on Amazon for sale. And all I got to do is basically take care of the books. Right? So I started doing that probably in 2011. Um, I was at the library, my local public library, uh, doing some homework for college, and I uh, noticed uh, they had a little book sale going on in the library, and I uh, I just kind of got curious, like, are any of those books worth money? And I went over there, pulled a few of them, went over to the local library computers, uh, and I... Uh, just checked. I checked Amazon's listings to see if any of them were worth money. And lo and behold, you know, several of them were worth a lot of money. Like not a lot of money, but books that were being sold for 25 cents, 50 cents at the local library. I saw that they were going for like $35, $50, $75 on Amazon. It was a crazy moment for me, you guys. I mean, I, I put the books back that weren't worth anything. I took the ones that were worth something. I took them up to the re- the, uh, the the librarian desk. I paid my fifty cents, twenty five cents for those books, and I took them home. I listed them. I know one of them sold within like and twenty four hours. It sold. So um, that was a pretty amazing time, you know, to be able to figure stuff like that out and to actually start making money on Amazon like that. 
Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the story, but I just want to give you guys the gist of it. Um, after I was making money with Amazon, I was going to like, you know, I was going to garage sales, thrift stores, looking for books. Cause now it was on. Once I figured I could make money with it, it was kind of on and I was looking for books everywhere. And I was trying to figure out what books were worth money and what books were not worth money. And I was just doing all this research and stuff and going to all these garage sales and thrift stores and stuff. And I was combing through Craigslist and I found a guy who had bought a church and he had this whole church library he didn't want. He said it was a thousand books. He wanted a hundred bucks for them. And I said, okay, um, yeah, I'll bite on that. You know, hopefully some of them are worth money, but I took a risk, you know, cause I was giving the guy a hundred bucks and he was going to give me all these books. I didn't know if they were worth money or not. I really didn't know, but I figured law of averages. I mean, some of them hopefully are worth money, you know? Well, when I got there, it was more like 3000 books. And those, uh, those books were, I made tons. Ultimately I made tons of money off those books, man. 3000 church books, hymnals, uh, you know, religious fiction, just all kinds of church books. Um, that you'd think would be in a church library, you know, and they were all there and, uh, and it was cool. I, I, I made a lot of money off of it and yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, so I got that and then I took another risk when I got those books because it was the dead of winter and I didn't have anywhere to store them. And I told my wife, I said, Hey, don't freak out. I'm going to find a place to store these books. Um, I'm just going to leave them in the van overnight. And the next day, I went and I rented a climate controlled storage unit um, and store those books in that storage unit. But the storage unit costs money, you know, and it was a climate controlled storage unit. It costs money. And you have to understand, guys, I hadn't even really, I didn't really know the true value of those books yet. I was taking a risk. I paid $100 for the books and then I rented a storage unit. I forget how much it was a month now. It was like $50, $60 a month for this climate-controlled storage unit. So now I'm in it, right? Now I'm $100 down plus another 50 or 60 for the storage unit. And that 50 or 60 for the storage unit is going to come every single month. So, And I'm thinking this in my mind like, okay, I'm going to charge 50 or 60 bucks a month for this storage unit. I got to make these books work for me. I have to figure out if they can make money for me or am I the biggest fool in the world? But I figured, hey man, what's the worst that could happen? I'm out the hundred bucks and I'm out one month for the storage unit for 60 bucks before I figure out none of these books are moving and I'm not going to make 50 or 60 bucks a month off of these books and I'll just donate them all or scrap them all. And then whatever, I'm out 160 bucks. That was my thought at the time. Um, as it turns out, those books were good. They were great. They were moving and I was making money and now I was in business and very quickly I started making a lot of money selling books on Amazon. Um, so then, uh, that went on and I started selling other things on Amazon besides just books like CDs and DVDs and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then I decided I was going to write an ebook about selling books on Amazon, right? And I thought, man, you know what? This damn ebook is going to be the best thing since sliced bread, you know? I, I thought people were going to love this ebook, man, because, you know, it's really going to teach people how to make money on the internet. They're going to love it. And I thought it was going to make me a lot of money. It didn't. <laughs> I, I, I put a couple months into writing the ebook. Uh, it was called Broke to Boss. 
the lean, uh, let's see, the lean guide to successful online book selling. That's what I called it. Broke to boss, the lean guide to successful online book selling. You can still find it on Amazon. Uh, it's a few years old now, but anyways, uh, I did that book, right? And it didn't, it didn't, it sold a few units here and a few units there. It wasn't like I made tons of money off of it. Like I thought I was going to, um, it didn't change the world or anything. So I was a little devastated, you know, and I, I was a little heartbroken because I put a lot of time into this book and it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And you guys, if you're out there and you've tried several things online and you failed several times, then you know the heartbreak that I speak of. You understand what it is to like dream about something like in your mind you've experienced it, you know, you've experienced the success in your mind. You've driven the nice cars and, and had the nice house and had all your bills paid. And you were the hero of your family because you took care of everything. And, you know, they should have never doubted you and, and all this stuff. You've seen it in your mind. It's happened in your mind. And then when you, you, you carry that mission out and you carry that plan out and it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to, it's a little devastating for you, you know? And you're just like, damn it, man, damn it. But anyways, um, yeah, so that happened and I had a choice, man. I could just keep on doing the thing that had worked for me, you know, just making books and say, okay, well, that ebook thing didn't work. Um, or I could, uh, you know, try to figure out a way to make it work. And I kind of adjust my strategy because right there, my strategy was make a really good book showing what I had done. And then just put it up on Amazon and hope people find it. <laughs> but instead of hoping people find it, what I should have done was help people find it. So I decided that's what I'll do. Instead of just hoping people will find it through Amazon, let me see if I can help people find it. So I, I, I started a YouTube channel uh, called Zero Fats and I, uh, I uh, talked about online book selling and I talked about just, you know, making money with online books and I, I, I find at thrift stores and what I was selling and all kinds of stuff like that, man. You know, people loved it. People lo liked the channel and in every video I would pitch my ebook. That's what I did. And, um, people liked that. They liked that I was pitching my ebook and, and my, what do you know? My sales started picking up. So what happened was, I'd figured out that I could drive traffic from YouTube to Amazon. I, could, I figured that out, right? And it was a start. I figured out that. And, and then, then I kind of like started thinking, this is cool, man. I'm getting more sales. More people are buying my book. And it seems like every time I put out another video, it's almost like another commercial out there for my book. So let me put out more videos, you know? And I was building a following on YouTube, and it, it was pretty cool. Um, and I was making more money on YouTube. I that time with ad revenue than I was on um, actually selling my book. Uh, it was like 30% commission Amazon would take every time I sold a $4.99 ebook. Um, so it wasn't, again, but the ad revenue on my YouTube channel was pretty good. And I was probably making, you know, four or $500 a month in ad revenue on my YouTube channel. Um, you guys, the story here, and I usually give people a condensed version. But I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit more in-depth version. Because the reason I do is because I want you to see, I want you to see the failures and the successes with this story. It wasn't just, hey, I got lucky. It wasn't like that. Um, I decided I was going to start a website, right? And I was going to call it Adventures on the River. And I don't know 
what I was thinking when I started it, man. I, I thought I was just going to put my YouTube videos on the website, going to, you know, just like get people to come visit my website. I was going to have AdSense on the website, and my website was going to make me money with AdSense, and the YouTube videos were going to be on my website, and they had AdSense on them, so I would make money, right? And I thought that would be cool. So I started doing that. Every time I published a YouTube video, I'd also put it on Adventures on the River, and it was a free site. And man, it didn't make me a lot of money, dude. It, you know, I, I would earn like 2 or $3 a month like doing that. And it was just kind of frustrating. When you have these ideas and then they're not working, and the reason it wasn't making a lot of money was because even though I figured out how to drive some traffic with YouTube, like I wasn't driving the kind of traffic that it requires to make a full-time living with AdSense. You know, if you want to make a full-time living with AdSense, you have to drive thousands and thousands of visitors to a website. And on top of that, AdSense revenue, ad revenue in general is not consistent. Like the the it changes, you know. It's based off of auction and bidding. And without going too much into that, it changes. You know, you could have a thousand views this month on something, or a thousand embed embeds um, impressions, not embeds. You could have a thousand impressions this month, then a thousand impressions next month, and that'll equal a different amount of money. That's kind of how AdSense works. It's just not very stable. Super frustrating, man. So now I had hosting I was paying for, and I had uh, I had registered this domain name, Adventures on the River. And the damn website wasn't really doing much for me. But I, but I was like, hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing with the website. So I'm just going to keep working at it and see how it goes. So I was selling a few ebooks. I was selling my book. My ebook was selling a little bit. But most of my money was coming from selling physical product on Amazon, right? And it worked out because I was talking about selling physical product on Amazon on my YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel was my second biggest source of income. Like I said, I was making four or five hundred dollars a month, which was pretty awesome. So it was in my best interest to keep publishing YouTube videos. So what happened was I uh, I was sailing along, and then one day I woke up to check into my uh, to log into my YouTube account to check my comments and stuff, and uh, my account was terminated. My account was it was terminated, man. Um, and YouTube didn't tell me why nobody told me why it was just, it was terminated, you know? And so somehow I had violated terms of service agreement with YouTube. And I think that the way I did it, when I look back on it, I think that the way that I violated terms of service with YouTube was I actually talked to people about how much money I was making on YouTube and how they could make the same amount of money. This is how much I'm making. This is how many videos I put out. I got really specific with what was happening. And I think that maybe that got YouTube to cancel my account or terminate my account, but it really sucked, man, because that, that really sucked. It sucked worse than that damn ebook not making any money <laughs> or making a very small amount of money. It sucked, man, because now like instantly, like four or $500 a month was gone just like that. Uh, and it might not seem like a lot of money, but at the time, that was money that I was earning on the internet. And it was a big success point for me. It was it was a victory for me, and I felt like it just got taken away from me. That was the Zero Fats channel, um, and instantly all of those videos on AdventuresOnTheRiver.com 
they all were gone. All the videos that were embedded on that site, now they were all gone. And in place of the videos was this little thing that says this user, uh, this user's account has been terminated due to, you know, terms of service violation or whatever. It was basically hurting my brand. All those videos were hurting my brand now. They were basically saying I was like a scoundrel or something. It sucked, man. It really sucked. So I was off of YouTube for a couple months at that point. And uh, I kept on making money with my Amazon. That was the one thing that was working for me was Amazon. I was still making money selling books and selling products on Amazon. Um, and that was my main thing that I was doing. Now my website was crap. And uh, I was I paid hosting on that. I paid it for a year, and it was crap. I paid uh, for the domain name for you know a year, but it, it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't making money for me. Um, the ebook that I published was making a little bit of money, but Amazon was taking thirty percent. What's thirty percent of four ninety nine? I mean, you know, you get seventy percent of four ninety nine, you make what three bucks every time a book sells. I mean, that ain't paying nobody's bills. So, anyways. That was happening, and I mean, look, I could have just kept on selling physical books. I could have just uh, gave up and went back to work, whatever, um, but I didn't, man. I just kept on trucking, and I kept on adjusting, and that's, I guess, what I wanted to point out to you guys. I wanted to tell you my story so that you could see the failures, and you could see how I adjusted when I failed. Um, because I want you guys to know when you try something new, when you try to make money on the internet, you're probably not going to succeed at first. Even if you follow someone's blueprint step by step by step, it's probably not going to work for you just like it worked for them. You're probably going to have to adjust a little bit as you go, but you can't give up on the blueprint. You got to keep on adjusting and find a thing that works right for you. So anyways, um, what happened was I, uh, I was out of YouTube for a couple months because I was pissed off, man, because they closed my YouTube channel without telling me why they did it. I instantly lost 500 bucks a month in revenue, and I was uh, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. If you don't have like a certain amount of views and a certain amount of subscribers on YouTube, you can't even email anybody. You, you can't even email anybody, man. You're just you're screwed. You know they don't want anything to do with you unless your channel is so big. So I was just a little peon, and even though I was making like four or five hundred bucks a month to YouTube, I did not matter. I was a little peon. They canceled my channel, and let me tell you guys something. It was just a dumb algorithm that canceled my channel. That's it. It wasn't an actual person that canceled my channel. It was just a dumb algorithm that canceled my channel, and I, I didn't even have the authority on YouTube because I didn't have enough views to actually contact anybody about it. You can't even get an email to contact anybody about it if you don't have enough views. So I was just a victim of an algorithm. Um, but look, let me tell you guys something about being a victim. Victims don't win. And if you see yourself like a victim, you will not win. That, that's the bottom line. So we're all victims in one way or another from something, okay? But don't look at yourself like a victim. I mean, try to think about what you can control and what, what can you do. Now, at the time, I had over 100 videos published on my YouTube channel. And I did not save any of them. I did not back any of them up. As soon as I uploaded the videos to YouTube, I deleted them off my hard drive to save on space. Now, after they deleted my YouTube channel and I couldn't get those videos anymore, that was a whole bunch of videos gone. Well, what I figured out was 
That was my fault that I didn't save those videos. Those videos were the asset, not the channel. The channel could have been taken away from me at any point in history, and it did get taken away from me. But those videos were the true asset. They were mine. I recorded those videos. I could have put up a membership site, put all those videos in the membership site. I could have easily started another YouTube channel and uh, put all the videos back up there and started right over from scratch. But I didn't do any of that back then. I was stupid. I just uh, uploaded the videos and deleted them off my hard drive. Um, lesson learned. I failed, but let's learn from failure, right? So, so what happened was I was pretty devastated. I'm not going to lie to you. My YouTube channel getting deleted, man, when I had, I don't know how many subscribers I had, you guys, when my YouTube channel got deleted, I had over, I think, a thousand or two subscribers, which to me felt like a lot. It wasn't, but I mean, it felt like it, you know, a couple thousand subscribers on that YouTube channel, 500 bucks in revenue a month just gets deleted just like that. Um, can't even talk to anybody about why it happened. So it sucked. So, but I kept on grinding, selling physical products on Amazon and I was reading about making money online and stuff. And I was reading this book called membership sites that make money. It's by a guy named Perry Belcher. You can find it on Amazon. Um, but that book was talking about membership sites, man. And, and, and I just, it just something clicked in my head with this membership site thing. And I, uh, I decided, you know what, man, I'm going to take this adventures on the river.com and I'm going to turn it into a membership site. I mean, I got the damn thing. It's sitting there. I paid for it. Nothing's happening. It's just sitting there with a bunch of, uh, blank YouTube videos that say that I'm a villain because my account was terminated. <laughs> so I might as well do something with it and, and try again. But you know what, man? This time, instead of making it a free site with AdSense, because that stuff don't pay the bills, what I'm going to do now, man, is I'm going to make it a membership site. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to take every chapter of my ebook about how to make money with uh, used books on Amazon. I'm going to take every chapter and I'm going to record a video for the chapter. And I'm going to put the video at the top of the page. And I'm going to put the chapter underneath the video, and that's going to be like a mo like a module, you know. And then the whole ebook, when when I get it done, it's not going to be an ebook anymore. It's going to be like a video course. Um, and I'm going to put it all behind a membership site. I'm going to lock it all down with a membership site. So I got I got this membership plugin called Paid Membership Pro. It's a free membership plugin. It's kind of funny that it's called Paid Membership Pro. But it's a free membership plugin. But anyways, uh, I got that. I, I I hooked it up on my on my website. And look, guys, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I I was trying to hook it up and watch YouTube videos, figuring out how to get it hooked up right and get it all linked into my PayPal account so it could take payments and and all this stuff. And I was just learning as I went. So I hooked it all up, and here was my plan. I'm going to get all the videos recorded. I'm not going to put those damn videos on YouTube because I don't trust YouTube anymore. So I got me an Amazon S3 account, which costs money. costs money every month to have an Amazon S3 account. You guys see the pattern developing? I took risks. I was taking risks with my own money to make things happen. I took risks when I bought the $100 of the books off the guy. Um, I took risks when I bought the storage unit and rented that. I took risks when I got the website. I took risks with the Amazon S3 account. Um, so I was taking risks, um, and I was moving forward. 
and I was adjusting when things didn't work out. You know, I, I got heartbroken a few times, but I moved on and just kept on working at it, kept on adjusting. Um, so anyways, um, so I got the Amazon S3 account and I put the videos that I recorded up on Amazon S3 and I got them embedded on my site to where that was working. And then it came time to lock it all down. And I thought that I locked it all down with the paid membership pro. Um, but I thought it was good. So I thought we were cool. Everything looked cool. Um, I didn't have like a fancy sales letter or a fancy sales page or anything. I wanted it to look like a college course or something when you got there. I didn't want it to look like some kind of flashy, salesy, gimmicky sales page. I just wanted it to look like kind of a university web page or something, website. That's what I was going for. Um, and then my big plan was I knew how to drive traffic with YouTube. So once I got my course done... I was going to charge people $10, one-time fee, $10 to get the video course, and and yeah, that was it. And in the back of my mind, I thought for a second, like, this is what I worried about. I worried about, I had the ebook for sale on Amazon for $4.99. Now, would people be mad that now that I'm going to charge $9.99 for the video, for the same ebook with videos on it? So now it's nine ninety nine. It's like the same information in two different places, but one has videos and one doesn't. But the one with videos costs nine ninety nine instead of four ninety nine. But would that make people mad? Would they feel like they were getting ripped off? Should I take my ebook off of Amazon before I start selling this one? <laughs> That's what I was thinking back then. You know, I was, I was like green man, green as hell. This is just a fool. Um, but I didn't. I ended up leaving the book on Amazon. Um, now, I had no traffic going to it anymore because my YouTube channel got canceled. Uh, but uh, once I got my membership site done, it's the one-time fee, I decided what I was going to do is I'm going to start a new YouTube channel. And my new YouTube channel was going to drive traffic to my membership site. Um, so that's what I did. I opened up a new YouTube channel, and I called it Zero Fats Returns, which is the YouTube channel you guys are watching right now. Um, Zero Fats Returns, and its goal, its mission was to push traffic at my my video course, right? And um, for two months, I didn't get any sales on my on my thing, you know. And I was like, first of all, I was so green, I didn't have uh, analytics hooked up to my my website, so I didn't even know, you know, what where the traffic was coming from, or if I was getting that much traffic or anything. So a lot of you guys probably have an advantage over me. You probably know about analytics and stuff like that. I was a big dumb animal and I didn't, um, but I was taking imperfect action. So there's another lesson for you. Um, you got to take imperfect action. You'll see far greater results taking imperfect action than just waiting around and not taking any action because you feel like you're not the expert or whatever. So anyways, um, two months, I didn't get any sales. And look, guys, I, I'll be honest with you. I was heartbroken because I put a lot of time and effort in getting all that thing done. But more than that, I was a little bit confused because I didn't understand why, like, I wasn't, it didn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. I figured out how to drive traffic to Amazon and I was selling my ebook. Why would people not go to my website to get the video course? It's not that much more expensive. Is it all just because they trust Amazon and they're willing to buy off of Amazon, but they're not willing to buy off of my website? That could be it. I don't know. But for two months, 
I was hard on myself because I felt like yet another plan I had that failed, you know, and didn't succeed, didn't live up to what I thought it was going to. Finally, two months in, I decided, big dumb animal that I am, I decided to finally check my checkout process. Finally, I just want to see what people are experiencing when they, when they try to buy my thing. I mean, surely if they're trying to buy my video course, they would email me if they couldn't buy it. I mean, if you want something and you can't make it work, surely you're going to email the guy, right? That's not true at all. When I went through the checkout course, the checkout process, I figured out it was broken. It was completely broken. No one could buy it if they wanted to, right? So I was like, I'll be damned, man. That's why I know I'm not selling any of these things the last two months. No one could buy it if they wanted to. So I spent two days trying to fix it myself unsuccessfully, <laughs> you know, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing on WordPress. <laughs> so I couldn't fix it for, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, so finally I broke down and I went over to Fiverr and I hired someone to fix it for me. Cost me five bucks. They had it fixed in 20 minutes. And uh, boom, within, I don't know how long, man, within probably eight hours, I made my first sale. Um, so that's how that started. And then when that happened, it was, it was a real victory, you guys. A bigger victory than, you know, uh, up until this point, that was my biggest victory. Getting that membership site to make a sale was a big deal for me. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that worked. And I was learning things at every point I was learning things. Um, at that particular point, I learned, hey, make sure your checkout process works. <laughs> <laughs> or no one's going to buy anything. And people don't reach out to you if your checkout process don't work. If it don't work, they're probably just going to move on to the next thing. That's how the internet is. The internet's a fast place where people don't hang around very long. And, you know, if your stuff doesn't work, they're going to go find something that does work. So make sure your stuff works. Make sure the checkout process works when you set up for business. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, I ran that. Uh, I was doing videos, driving traffic to my one-time fee uh, video course um, for a couple months. And then I people were asking me questions and comments on my YouTube channel about things that weren't included in my, my course. Right, So I started planning like a supplemental, like I was going to add a supplemental to the course, right? And I decided that, you know, when I, when I added the supplemental, it was going to be a way for me to get more people to buy my course. So I talked about the supplemental, the supplemental training. Like I talked about it on my YouTube videos and stuff. So, and it worked, man. Uh, the supplemental is going to come out on this day and boom, boom, boom. And, and I was driving traffic and people were joining. So I did that like twice. I think I did a supplemental on, um, shoot. I, I can't even remember anymore. Oh, I did my first supplemental that I did was on eBooks um, because think about it, man. I published the Kindle eBook on how to sell books online, and so I knew about eBooks. And then after I did that, I learned about recipe books and and all kinds of little Kindle things. So I knew all this Kindle information. I didn't even tell you guys about that, but I was trying several things. I knew all this Kindle information, so. I, I published a supplemental on my video course on Kindle. Then uh, a few months after that, I published um, I published uh, another uh, supplemental on, I think, Amazon FBA. 
um, because I started doing Amazon FBA. That's for those of you who don't know, that's fulfillment by Amazon. So that's like where you're selling things on Amazon, but you're just buying the products, you're shipping to Amazon warehouse, and they t- handle all the interaction with the customer. So it's a, it's a nice way to do business because you don't really have to be shipping out stuff every single day. You know, you can ship giant shipments to Amazon and you know, it, it's just a nice situation. It costs more to do it that way, but it's worth it because you can push way more volume and you can scale your business greater. So I was doing that and I did another module on Amazon FBA. Um, and then I, uh, I wanted to do another module. I wanted to do another supplemental. And at this time, I had already done two supplementals and I was thinking, you know what? Um, I think I want to change this to a monthly membership site and I'll just come out with, you know, four or five pieces of content every single month. And, uh, you know, it'll be cool. So I did. Um, I did, you know, I, I, I told people, Hey, listen, man, I'm getting ready to change this over to a monthly membership site. It's going to cost this much a month. And uh, I'm going to be putting out fresh content every month. But I got a brand new supplemental coming out. It's a big old fat juicy supplemental. And uh, it's going to be the bomb. Um, And when it comes out, my membership site is going to go monthly. Um, So now's the time to get in now, man. But you get in and you're grandfathered in. Now's the time. So you guys might think, well, why would you promote something before you went monthly? Aren't you going to lose all your monthly sales? My policy, man, has always been be very transparent with people, be very open with people. And that policy has served me well. And the, the, the thing is, guys, I, I did um, tell people I was going to go monthly. I didn't make it a secret. I used it to promote this new supplemental I was putting out. And what happened was I got a bunch of sales before I went monthly. And then after I went monthly, I got a bunch more sales. And that's the way it happened. Um, so after I went monthly, uh, very quickly, I started earning very good money, uh, on the internet. Um, having a monthly membership site is a very good way to make a sustainable monthly income on the internet. Um, so I would recommend that to anybody. Uh, if you want to earn money online, I would seriously think about membership sites. Um, I actually have a course I did on this subject called membership dons. Um, and if you, uh, Ask me nicely. I will put a link to it somewhere. <laughs> no, seriously, just let me know. Get with me uh, in the comment section of this video or uh, hit me up by email at camjenningspro at gmail.com and uh, I can tell you where you can find that course. But uh, yeah, I do recommend membership sites. It's a really good way to make money. So anyways, um, yeah, that's what I did. Um what else? What else? What else? After I did my membership site, I, uh, I was cruising along pretty good for a while, but I, uh, I guess I was introduced to, um, when you start making money with like membership sites and you start figuring about driving traffic and stuff, then you start, um, you know, you start being introduced to internet marketers and you start being introduced to people who are good at this game. And I started getting introduced to people like Frank Kern and I started getting introduced to people like Jeff Walker and stuff like that, like their products. I didn't actually personally get introduced to them. Um, and guys, I want you to understand something. Let me, let me just under, let you understand where I was at. Okay. I was making very, very good money with a membership site at this time. I had never sent an email out to my members. 
Okay. I had never even sent an email out to my members. I didn't practice email marketing. All I knew was publish videos on YouTube, pitch membership site, and now I'm making money all the time, right? That's all I knew. So I didn't know about email marketing yet. I didn't know about affiliate marketing yet. All that stuff came later. Um, all I knew was YouTube membership site. That works. And it still works. Um, and if you find internet marketing very difficult and very hard, you might consider starting a YouTube channel on a very specific subject and pushing traffic at a membership site that works and it will make you money. Um, four to five pieces of content a month in the membership site and you're, go you're golden. You're good to go. So anyways, um, after the membership site, I, uh, I got into affiliate marketing. Um, I, I started getting into uh, product launching. My first product launch didn't sell any units. My first product launch, um, I, I, I made a product called Easy YouTube Money Method, number one. Easy YouTube Money Method one. Didn't make any money. Nobody bought it. Somebody interviewed me for it who wanted to be an affiliate for it, but nobody sold any. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't make any money. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I failed to make any money. Um, but I knew how to make money with YouTube. And I had done two YouTube channels up to this point. One of them got canceled, created another one, and I was successfully driving traffic to a membership site with that YouTube channel. So I knew a thing or two about YouTube at this point, and I wanted to teach it. An easy YouTube money method you know, taught that, and it was a good course. And it taught everything that I knew about making money with YouTube at that time. Um, didn't make any money. And here we go again, you guys. Here we go again. Yet another business thing that I tried that crumbled, crashed, didn't make any money. You know, Because let me tell you something. Anyone who's ever read or watched any content on the subject of product launching, you have pie-in-the-sky dreams. You see people launching products and making a ton of money in a very short amount of time. We've all been there. Anyone who's ever launched a product has been there. Right? But what... All you have to understand is that launching products on the internet is like, it takes practice, man. It takes practice. There's a lot of moving parts and you have to get all of them, you know, fairly right to make it win. And that's just the way it is. So my first product launch was a failure and I put time into creating it and getting it ready and uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't work good. But I've been there before at this point. I wrote an ebook. It didn't do well on Amazon. You know, I, I had launched a website that had failed. You know, my YouTube channel got canceled. I mean, I, I'd met adversity already before at this point. So adversity was like breakfast for me at this point. Failing was like breakfast for me, you guys. It wasn't no thing. I had already took a membership site to profit. I had already figured out how to drive traffic to an ebook. So I knew at this point the lesson had already been learned. It was about adjusting adjusting the strategy until it's working. And with product launching, it was a matter of practice. It was a matter of looking at what I did, why it didn't work, what was happening, and, uh, and adjusting, man. So that's what I did. So I continued to launch uh, products, and I got better with every launch. Every launch got a little bit better. Um, and the best product I ever launched was, you know, several months ago now, I launched one called Free Funnels, and that one generated over $17,000 in revenue, you know, in just like a very short amount of time, man, several days it generated that much. That's my best. That was my first five-figure product launch, 
Um, but it took practice. It was a journey to get to that point. Um, everything takes practice, like every skill, like when you want to be an internet marketer, I mean, you have to be an email marketer. You have to be a content creator. You have to be, you know, a list builder. You have to get good at so many different little things that people don't realize, you know, to, to kind of make things happen. And the funny part about it is if you want to build an audience, you really kind of have to niche down as far as like where you post your, where you, you know, plant your flag, you know, like, like I had to get really good at email marketing. I had to get really good at Google analytics. I had to get really good at using tools and, and, and using, you know, strategies and really good at copywriting and really good at this and really good at that. And I had to get really good at all these skills. But yet when it came time to like talk to an audience, like I just had to plant my flag down as like one or two things, right? I can't be like the guy who was a master copywriter, the guy who was a master video content creator, the guy who was really good at podcasting, or the guy who's really good at membership sites, or the guy who's really good at email marketing, or the guy who's really good at this and that and the other. That doesn't work, man. And I'll tell you why it doesn't work because people, when they have a problem, they don't want the handyman. They want the master plumber. <laughs> you know, if my sink is leaking, like, and I got two neighbors, I got a handyman on this side and a master plumber on this side. I'm going to ask the master plumber to help me, right? Because this guy's a handyman, right? And he's, he's like probably okay at fixing plumbing, but this guy's a master plumber, right? And I'm sure that he's good at it. And that's how, you know, we as people, we see, we see our problems one at a time. We don't see all of them at once. We don't try to solve them all at once. We try to solve them one at a time. So, like if you want to grow faster on the internet and you want to be like, you want to kind of build an audience quicker, like it's, it's smart to kind of like just center in on one area and try to be the expert at that area. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have to be the expert at a bunch of different areas. I mean, I had to get really damn good at product launching. I had to get really good at product creation, really good at copywriting with sales pages, you know, really good at email marketing and, and planning out follow-up sequences and emails and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you have to get really good at. Um, I'm kind of rambling on and repeating myself, and I apologize. But I just I want you guys to understand um, the journey that I went on from 2011 to get to here, where I'm at in 2017. I mean, you might see me like – I don't know how anybody sees me. It's really none of my business how anybody sees me. But when I look at myself, I see a guy um, – you know, he's got an office, you know, my business supports this office, you know, I, I got a house, my business supports my house, you know, I got a mortgage, my business supports my mortgage, my wife doesn't have to work, we have two children, um, my business supports all that, right, so I'm not rich by any means, I drive a uh, town and country, Chrysler town and country van, it's not an expensive van, it's a 2007 I don't drive a BMW. I don't drive a Phantom, Rolls Royce, or whatever. Um, I am basically your your average middle class American um, out there. The only difference between me and the guy down the street who has a normal job is I built this from nothing. I am the job. You know, I created all this, um, and I got better at it every year. And 
There's nobody telling me I can't have a raise. If I want a raise, I just got to be clever and find a way to put more money in the bank. And like, it gets easier every year because I get better at doing it every year. Um, but it all started from me getting sick back in 2010 and losing that job. And I'll tell you what happened to me. If you want to know what happened, um, I, my gallbladder went bad. But I didn't know it at the time, you guys, because I was too cheap to go to the doctors because I had a, like a $500 deductible or a $800 deductible or whatever, and I wasn't trying to pay $800 to go to no damn doctors. That's, that's how I saw it at the time. You know, and I didn't go, and I ended up losing my job. And um, after I lost my job, and then I got on the welfare system because I didn't have a job. And uh, then I had that free medical, and then I got to go see what was wrong with me, right? And uh, and I figured out my gallbladder went bad, and and that's the way it, what happened. So um, I've been to the bottom, is what I'm telling you guys. I've been to the bottom, and you know, I come from generational poverty. Um, you know, I, you know, my, my parents were, were broke. Their parents before them were broke. I could trace my family all the way back. Broke, 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 broke. You know, um, it's a cycle of poverty and, um, I'm breaking that cycle. I'm breaking that cycle of poverty. Um, uh, but I'll tell you something. It's not easy. It's not easy to break a cycle of poverty when you got it in your mind that how you get money is you work at a job and that's how you make money. Um, it's hard to go from working for someone else and collecting a paycheck every Friday to, you know, no, you don't get a paycheck on Friday. You get paid when you figure out how to make money. That's how you get paid. Um, you want to make money? All right. You put your own system together. You put yourself on your own schedule. You decide when to work, when not to work. You don't have to work if you don't want to, but guess what? If you don't work, you're not going to get paid. Um, you had to put all that together. And there's risk involved and there's fear involved. Um, your back feels like you're against the wall a lot because, you know, your family's dependent on you. And, you know, if you don't make it happen, then it's not going to happen. And that's the way it is. You don't got the security and the comfort of working for a boss. Um, and I think that that security and that comfort is kind of an illusion, to be honest with you. Looking back at it at this point in the game where I'm at right now, I'd much rather have faith in myself to make money than have faith in some company to make money and give me a paycheck because I don't know if that company is even ethical. I might not even agree with that company's practices, you know? My last main big job, the one I really consider a job, was where I worked at a hospital for eight years, and that hospital I know wasn't very ethical. So, you know, we had different standards about what was right and what was wrong and, and how to treat people. And, you know, I'd rather just invest in myself than, uh, than invest in a company. So anyways, maybe I'm rambling on that, but, but the point is, um, it's worth your time. It's worth your time to invest in yourself. It's worth your time. This entrepreneurial thing is worth your time. Starting a business is worth your time. The world is getting smaller you know, we have a global economy. And I tell you guys, when you hear them talking about bringing jobs back to America and, you know, the American people, you know, the economy's looking up and, you know, American, we're getting more jobs back. Let me tell you something. Those are lower paying jobs, lower paying jobs, lower paying jobs coming back to replace the older, the other jobs that left that were higher paying jobs. And the reason they're lower paying jobs 
we have a global economy now. A lot of those jobs can be outsourced overseas and the products can be shipped back over here cheaper than is being done here. I mean, damn, how many companies that do you know, like, and trust that don't believe in America enough to put factories here? Think about it, you know? Nike, most expensive, uh, not most expensive, one of the most successful shoe companies in the world. They don't have any uh, factories in America. They don't invest back in the American economy. We could we could take that shoe company thing around the gambit. I only know one uh, tennis shoe company that produces uh, tennis shoes in America, and that's New Balance. That's the only one. It's the only uh, tennis shoe company that's still producing shoes and has factories here in America. Now they have factories overseas too, but they still have factories in America. But that's what I'm saying. It's beyond shoes though. It's, it's a lot of things. Um, you know, companies that just aren't invested in the American economy. Um, and I, and I, and I'm just, maybe I'm rambling a little bit here, but I'm just saying guys, um, it's not going to get any better is what I'm saying. I mean, it's, you know, you know, the money is on the internet right now. That's where the money's at. The money is not down the street working for, you know, Joe, Joe Smith's fry fish fry company or whatever. The money is in starting your own company and figuring out how to do this stuff. Because right now money is flowing very freely on the internet. People are comfortable spending money on the internet. People would rather spend money on the internet than go down to the local grocery store. It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, yeah, so I, I suggest everyone get into it, start figuring out these online skills. I, I would wager to say within 10 years, within 10 years, everybody's probably going to be either working online or working for someone else who has an online presence. You know, uh, so yeah, you either do it yourself or you end up doing it for someone else. That's That's what I kind of think, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I mean, I know one thing. I know one thing. It's getting scary out there. I was thinking the other day, how many phone numbers do I remember right now? Like maybe one and a half? Like I don't even remember any phone numbers. Like, But when I was 15 years old, I had no less than 20 phone numbers in my brain. Remember, right there in my brain, I can remember 20 phone numbers. Why? Why do I only remember like one now? Because, man, computers are remembering it for me, Right? Computers are remembering things for me. The kids today, they never remember 20 of anything. The kids today don't remember anything anymore. They can't remember anything. You know why? Because computers have been remembering things for them their whole life. They've never lived without a computer remembering something for them. It's scary when you think about it because that goes way beyond just phone numbers. That's just an example. It goes way beyond phone numbers. It's a scary time. They're talking about the driverless car technology. You know, I was talking, you know, they got cars now that drive themselves. They're working on it. They're trying to get it to commercial viability, right? Uber wants that driverless car technology, man. They want, they want their cars to be driverless. But think about this, man. My kids, when they have grandkids, their grandkids probably won't know how to drive. They probably never know how to drive because they've been getting driven around by computers their whole life. It's coming, man. It's coming. Artificial intelligence and computers, it's just getting insane, man. It's getting insane. I know I was talking about the global economy and how everybody should be trying to figure out how to start their own businesses. 
Um, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's where I think we're going. All right. And I think you guys would all be smart to try to figure this stuff out. Um, and on top of that, I think it's getting scary. It's getting scary. But me sitting here telling you guys I think it's getting scary, that doesn't help anything. It's coming. The best thing you can do is be prepared for it, right? I limit how much time my kids are on a computer, right? I don't let my kids on the computer more than an hour or two a night. And, like, it's crazy because then they go to school and the school lets them on a computer all damn day. They're on the computer doing all their work on a damn computer. It's crazy. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. How the hell are you supposed to be a parent in this world? I mean, it's like... It's complicated, you know. It's not as com- it's it wasn't as complicated when I was a kid, you know. It, it's crazy right now in the world, and it's not going to get any less crazy, you guys. I was I was reading an article about these damn these damn drones and artificial intelligence. They want artificial intelligence. They want to send these artificial intelligence drones to uh, size of mosquitoes, man. They want to send them on missions to like assassinate people and stuff. These damn drones, the size of mosquitoes. That, that like have artificial intelligence in them. They can make their own decisions, man. You just give them a mission and like the, the thing, it, it figures out how to do it, right? It figures out how to do it. You know, they talk about the, the algorithm on YouTube. The YouTube algorithm is, uh, it's artificial intelligence, right? And the people who control that YouTube algorithm, they say they don't even know what the hell it's doing sometimes. They don't even know why it did certain things sometimes. They have to figure it out. They just got the data and try to figure out why it made the decisions it made. Man, they're putting that kind of technology into drones and, and warfare drones and stuff like that. And talking about drones the size of mosquitoes, man, that you're just going to give them a mission and they're going to decide how to carry out the mission, right? It's crazy, man. It is insane. The future is future's scary, man. The future's scary. I mean, that's all I can say about it. But I'll tell you guys something, man. Learning how to build audience on the computer, learning how to make money for yourself, that is the future, all right? That is the future. Whether you're excited about that future, whether you hate that, and both of those things. I've been the guy who was excited that I made my first 10 bucks from a membership site online, right? But I've also been the guy who was at my grandpa's retirement party when he had worked for a construction company for 30 plus years and got a gold watch, right? And I saw the look of admiration and respect that all those people who worked with him had, right? And I saw how proud he was of that watch just because he accomplished something so great. Um, I saw my own dad when he crossed the 20-year point of his construction company. My dad worked for the same construction company my grandpa worked for. It was Winco. It was Winrick. Then it split off and became Winco. My dad stayed with the company. My old man stayed with the company. He got a five-year coin for staying with the company for five years. He got a 10-year coin for staying with the company for 10 years. Then he got a 20-year coin for staying with the company for 20 years. And I remember when he got it, and I know he was proud of it. You know, I know he was proud of it. And my old man, my old man, I remember when he went back to school when I was in high school, he got laid off in the wintertime and decided he was going to go back to school uh, and get his civil engineering degree. He got a degree in civil engineering. My dad ended up being an engineer. And when he got that engineering degree, I thought he was going to get an easier job and a better job. But what did he do? He went back to work for that same damn construction company, Winco. 
and he worked for him again and he kept on working for him. My dad worked for him 25 plus years till he got cancer. And then 10 months later he died. Um, but, uh, that's loyalty. You know what I'm saying? That's loyalty. My, my, my grandpa worked for that company. He retired and got a gold watch. Me and my dad were at that retirement party. My dad worked for that company for 20 plus years. He, he had to leave when he got sick and it was loyalty. What I'm telling you guys, that world is gone. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I'm not just randomly blabbing on. I know I kind of get on these wild tangents, but what I'm trying to tell you guys is like it or not, that world is gone. I've been the guy who is nostalgic about that old world. I love the idea of working for a company for 25 years and getting to know everybody and getting a gold watch and everybody has respect for me and it's like a big family. I love that idea, right? That's gone. That's not here anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Maybe in the future it will, but right now it doesn't. Now we live in a world where companies try to find ways to save money by like uh, eliminating positions. Now, I just talked to a guy. Well, I might have talked about this before, but this guy at Lowe's, I was talking to this guy at Lowe's, been with the company for 17 years, said he was going to be leaving in about a week. He didn't have much longer to be there. I said, why not? And he said, because they're eliminating my position. They said that I can either, they said all of us mid-level guys, we can either take new positions with no, with no seniority, um, just start from scratch, or we can go find another job, right? Not fair, not fair at all. Not right, not ethical. Why would you take a guy who's been at your company for 17 years with all that experience and treat him that way and get rid of him like that and tell him his position's eliminated. He can take a brand new fresh position with at minimum wage or he can uh, just go find another job. I see why it makes sense from a business standpoint. You're saving money. Your company probably saved several million dollars this year because you did that. However, it's not right. It's not ethical. But why is that happening? The global economy. That's why it's happening because the world's getting smaller. They're not paying you as much because they don't have to pay you as much. They're not going to pay you as much. And there's, there's no honor, man. There's no honor. There's no honor. You know, they would rather pay this new kid right out of high school minimum wage. than continue to pay you that much. And you've been there for 17 years. Your 17 years don't mean nothing to this, these guys. So, that time is gone. That time is gone. The time of my father, the time of my grandfather, the gold watches, the platinum coins, that stuff is gone, right? The new time is here. And the new time is start your own business, man. Start looking into this online stuff because this online stuff, you can make your own future. You decide for yourself how you want to live it. Um, the time of being loyal to a company is done. These loyals aren't company. These <laughs> these companies aren't loyal to you anymore, man. So, anyways, um, you know, I'll tell you guys, it's really funny, uh, and I, I just want to say this: I had this entire episode planned. I had all kinds of stuff I wanted to talk to you about uh, today, and I got off on this wild tangent about all this stuff that I just talked to you about. But that's okay. You know what? That's okay. What I just talked to you about, I feel like it's important, and I'm happy to share my story with you, the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, 
Um, I could go on and on about my story. I got, I got more to tell, um, but I'm not going to bore that bore you with that right now. Um, but if you take anything away from this, this little podcast today, I want you to take away from it that, you know, I succeed in business because I take risks. And when I fail from those risks, uh, I have a short memory. I figured out what I did wrong and I move on and I adjust it. Right. And, and those are the two main things that I do to win. Uh, so hope that helps you, man. I hope this whole episode has helped you. And I want you guys to answer a question for me now. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to write a comment and I want you to tell me what's holding you back, man. What's the main thing holding you back? I want to hear about it. Tell me in the comment section. Let me know what's holding you back. I want to hear about it. Hope you guys are doing great out there. I want to invite you all to my Epic Conversions Insiders Club. It's my discount club. I offer a free group mentoring session every month to my insiders. We hold court every month, first Saturday of every month in the Insiders Club. We get together. I answer everybody's questions. Come with questions that are going to help you move your business forward. Don't come with these generic, dumb questions that aren't going to help you. Come with real deal questions that are going to help your business move forward. Right? That's what I suggest. But we do free group coaching in the, in the Insiders Club. We also come out with free, we come out with weekly actionable content in the Insiders Club. Every single Monday, I drop a new piece of actionable content. That's step one, step two, step three. Do this, do that, do this, and you'll get this result. We come out with that kind of content in the Insiders Club. We also come out with a new product every single month in the Epic Conversions Insiders Club. And for all these things, you might be wondering, like, well, what the hell? How much does it cost? And it costs $10. And 80 cents a month. That's what I charge for the Insiders Club. It's over delivered, it's underpriced, and that's how I like it. Because I want to keep everybody happy. I want my I want my audience to be happy. I want my customers to be happy. I want everybody to feel like they're winning. Because why? Because that's the kind of world I want to live in, folks. I want to live in a world where everybody gets to win. I don't see why it can't be that way. Why can't we all win? Right? I don't need to be greedy. I don't need to take thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just so you join my club and cancel a month later because you can't afford it. It's not what I want. You know, I'll take a little bit of money every month to support the insiders club to make sure it keeps running and you guys get good information. You guys get to learn how to make money online. You guys get to learn to do what I do, right? I'm not a millionaire, but I know how to make money online. I know how to make enough money online to support this office, to support my mortgage, keep my wife from having to work, to support my family. I know how to do that. And I'm a real deal guy. I'm not some bullshit artist driving around in some rented Lamborghini. Uh, That's not me. So if you want to learn how to do what I do, yeah, I suggest you join the Insiders Club. It's going to be the best $10.80 a month you will spend. It's like the Netflix of the internet marketing game. Anyways, that's it. That's my cheap shameless club for the inside. That's my cheap shameless plug for the Insiders Club. Hope you guys had a great time with me. I had a great time talking to you guys today, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace, everybody.
good, good.